Welcome to Savvy Sab's podcast on Call-In. This is episode 19, Roe v. Wade officially overturned. As of this morning, the Supreme Court has officially overturned Roe v. Wade. What are your thoughts? And I'm going to go ahead and take the first caller, which is Ashura. So let me go ahead and put you on the mic. All right, Ashura, you just got to unmute. Hey, Sabi. <clears throat> I can I'm hear not... you clear. Yay. Okay. Um, I'm off my headphones. Um, I'm just, I'm not going to say too much, but I'm just going to piggyback what Eric said. Um, all these women are complaining. They're basically the liberals, women. They're complaining about Roe v. Wade being overturned. It's not like, uh, it's not like it was, it, 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 it was not going to happen because the Democrats, they're basically for overturning Roe v. Roe v. Wade because they're not willing to do anything. They're not, they're not willing to fight for a minimum wage. They're not willing to fight to give you health care. They're not even fight to basically lower, uh, insurance, interest company prices. They're not, in, they're not, they don't want to do anything. So I find it uh, ridiculous that these uh, women are not crying now about Roe v. Wade, but they couldn't cry about the other stuff. Why is Roe v. Roe v. Wade the only thing you want to cry about? But what about the other stuff that we've been saying? We should care about these things, too. Okay, so you think that when you say about other issues they should care about, could you give some examples? Uh, Health care. Medicare for all marches, force the vote, that kind of stuff. It seems like the Roe v. Wade thing is the only one where every everybody on the left wants to basically fight for it. But when you say other shit, they don't want to do anything about it. That's a you know what, Ashura, that's a good point, because you know what? I was involved with the marches for Medicare for all last year, and I sincerely wish that we had the same kind of energy about giving people health care in this country that we do about, you know, Roe v. Wade. And yes, Roe v. Wade is a serious issue. But at the same time, I want people to understand that Roe v. Wade is still a health care issue. Right. Unless we have Medicare for all, if you're trying to get an abortion per se, and you have health insurance, but your insurance doesn't cover abortions, well, then you're still going to be screwed. So the entire healthcare system needs to be fixed. Oh, you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. Oh, okay. You know, I, 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 I thought maybe you were going to say something afterwards. Yeah, because um, why, why don't you, if you care about Roe v. Wade, why not fight for, you know, uh, Medicare for all? I'm I'm like basically all these uh, liberals don't basically do anything. They if you tell them to go fight for Medicare for all, they're basically saying that uh, uh, you're basically you're anti-vax or all these other bullshit. Or basically they say you're not pro-democrat. I'm like okay, so you guess so you basically want to pay for the abortion because they're, they're not gonna they're gonna want you to pay out of pocket. Nobody has money to pay for the bullshit. No, most people don't. And yeah. you know what? That's, that's God. That's such a good point. It's like, you know, I think this is this is how I'm going to look at it. I think the reason why they don't have that same momentum for like Medicare for all is because if you already have like a good health care plan, like, for example, my parents were military. So growing yeah. up TRICARE and TRICARE pays for just about everything. So if that's you and you're protected and covered like that, 
you probably not really thinking about Medicare for all, whereas abortion rights is something that affects all women, regardless yeah. if you have health insurance or not. Yeah, uh, yeah, because I, I think they say also Republican women are, agree with that. So I don't know why they always make it like a left a left issue and not a a, bo a both sides women issue. It's not a people's issue if you if you understand. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure Republicans are not that uh, against uh, Roe v. Wade. I, you know they used to use to show, they uh, they show that these Republicans that say you gotta you gotta basically continue with the uh, gestation of, of the pregnancy. And uh, I feel like I'm pretty sure no Republican women would basically say openly say I want to carry my rapist's baby. So I will say, having lived in the South, most Republican women in the South were very much against Roe v. Wade, very much against it. And I always brought up that exception, like, what about women that are sexually assaulted? And yeah. some of them will well, no, well, that's different. And I'm like, but that's still getting an abortion. So what's the difference? Like, you're still like, that was the thing I never really understood, you know, per se, but yeah. you're still getting an abortion. And then there were some of them that even if it was sexual assault, they still didn't agree with it. That being said, if I talk to most Republicans here in Massachusetts, they actually, most of them have no issue with Roe v. Wade. So I think, you know, some of it has to deal with the Bible Belt. Like wait, when I was wait, down when you, when you say no issue, do you mean they agree with it or they don't agree with it? They have, they, they don't disagree with women okay, being able okay. to have Okay. Yeah. But like, I think part of it really has to do with the Bible Belt, Ashura. And living down okay. south, like I lived in, that's what they used to call it. Like they called it the Bible Belt. And okay. so if you have everybody being taught this at church, that this is a sin or, or whatever, that's where a lot of it comes from. And okay. so I want people to understand that the Republican Party, that was one of their winning mechanisms. Like back in the 70s, they said, let's go ahead and capture the Christian community, and that will help us win votes. And that's how that, that became to be, because it used to be decades ago, Catholic priests actually used to perform abortions. A lot of people so, don't know about that. So let's say on a hypothetical, let's say 40 states agree on Roe v. Wade is law. And do you think that the remaining states will have no choice but to basically agree on the same thing? I don't know. That's a good question. I can tell you most of the southern states are probably going to make it very, very difficult for women to get abortions now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to hang up now. So. Okay. All right. Thanks for calling in, Ashura. Yeah. All right. Betsy, you're the next caller. How are you feeling about all this? Oh. <laughs> Well, um, I'm very, very angry. Um, <clears throat> knew this day was coming, uh, <clears throat> especially after the um, decision was leaked a couple months ago. Um, but either way, you know, we knew this was coming. Um, and yeah, I, I've got a lot of feelings about this. Um, first of all, in response to what Ashira said, um, you know, and I put this in the chat, you know, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Okay. So I have been very involved in the Medicare for all 
effort, particularly here in Massachusetts, working directly with my state senator, Jamie Eldridge, who has, you know, been a leader on this, on, on the bill, has filed the bill every session. Um, and of course it went to, uh, study, uh, quote unquote, which basically means that it's where good bills go to die. Um, I think that was for the seventh session in a row. And so I'm very involved in that issue. Um, and, and other issues. I, I was involved in the ranked choice voting movement. Um, you know, we had that ballot question here in Massachusetts and it, and it failed. Um, I heard that it might be getting resurrected. Um, but anyway, my point is, you know, it's, and I know a lot of people, not just women, but men and, and non-binary folks as well who care about Roe and are devastated about the overturning of Roe and want to do something about it, but also care deeply about these other, you know, what we call sort of progressive issues. So I just want to put that out there. It's not like it's one or the other. Um, but Ashira needs to understand that this ruling, what happened today, you know, I, I was just assuming maybe it's a bad assumption that Ashira identifies as a man. Um, if I'm wrong, I do apologize. But for anybody who does identify as a man, I just want to say, try to imagine basically being told that you are not, you are not worthy. You have less rights. You know, you've got fewer rights than, than a corporation or somebody who wants to buy a gun. Um, and, and I, and I, and I really, really worry about what's going to happen next. Um, gay marriage getting overturned. Uh, I mean, all sorts of things. Um, and, and so I just want the, the men, the people who identify as men listening in on this call to try to imagine that. And if, and if you can't, then imagine your mother, your sister, your daughter, your girlfriend, your whoever in your life, your friends, female friends, how it must feel. Um, and the other thing that I want to say is that this affects me on a, on a really sort of niche level in that my dad retired, uh, OBGYN, um, living in New York where it is, abortion has always been, you know, been legal for a long, long time and hopefully will remain. Um, he was an abortion provider. This is what he did for a living for the bulk of my life. And I knew from a very young age how important this was and how scary it was and how I, there were lots of people I couldn't even tell, even growing up in a relatively liberal community outside New York City. Um, and I'm sometimes, I'm, I'm often scared to talk about it now, you know, um, and I learned years later after I had moved away and after college and whatnot that my dad had worn a bulletproof vest to work. Can you think of any other occupation where somebody needs to wear a bulletproof vest other than the police or the or military? No, no, I can't. That's, that's, that's terrible. And, and yeah, I was really, really shaken to hear that. And my mother must have been scared for her life because there were, as, as you may know, I, I don't know how long you've lived in Massachusetts savvy, but there was, I think, I don't know if it was in the nineties. It was before I was living here. There was a 
<clears throat> a doctor, uh, I believe, or, or nurse, or at, at, a, at an abortion clinic in Brookline, Massachusetts, who was killed. Um, and there have been a number of, you know, other other shootings. And we had protesters at the end of our driveway one day. And another time, some protesters followed my dad's partner home, like a, you know, another abortion provider. And <clears throat> and so I, it's really really hard for me you know, thinking about my dad and what he did. And he did it because he wanted, he wanted women to have another option. It's not like his abortion practice was the only one in the area, but women came from really far away because my dad and his partner were really good at what they did. Um, and <clears throat> I, it's scary for me to be talking about this because I'm scared. There's some crazy person out there who's going to figure out who I am and figure out who my dad is and find, you know, it's, it's really, really scary. But I also feel like I want to take the stigma away and I want to talk about it because, you know, not all heroes wear capes, right? And my dad, he is flawed in many ways, but he is a hero to me for what he did and putting his life at risk to do this. Um, you know, and and I haven't gotten to talk to him today. I think he must be feeling a lot of things because he remembers what it was like before Roe. Um, and I, I just, I feel really grateful that I don't have kids. I really do. Because if, whether I had a, a, you know, and if it was, if I had a daughter, I'd be really, really scared. But if I had a son, I'd be scared too. Um, <clears throat> and, and, and I don't think that we're necessarily so safe here in Massachusetts or for other people listening in from, you know, quote unquote, blue states, because I, I saw a blurb from, you know, Mike Pence today about how, how he really wishes that this, this could be overturned nationally. And, and it still, it still could happen. There could, there could be a national ban. You know, they decided what just yesterday that states don't have the right to tell people what you know what they can do with their guns with open carry and and whatnot right so they could decide well gee we're not going to leave it up to states for uh, abortion policy and yeah and and abortion is health care and i'm really glad you you had said that to the previous caller savvy because it very much is and um you know i know people who have had them um for all different reasons it doesn't matter and we like to use rape and incest as the you know real extreme examples, but it really doesn't matter. And the fact that I'm sitting here and I, yeah, I'm quote unquote safe Massachusetts, but I still feel the pain of people I know in states where they can now, uh, like, like as of today, cannot get an abortion in their state if they wanted or needed one, whatever the reason. Um it's it's just so horrifying. I don't know. And I'm really angry at the Democrats because they, they, it was a dereliction of duty. They had what, five decades to codify this at various points. It could have been done. And I'm mad at RBG. I'm mad at, you know, a lot of people and, and I'm taking shit for, for saying that um, because everyone's like, Oh, I'm really mad at, this Republican and this and all the justices who voted, you know, who voted in uh, to overturn Roe. And I just feel like, no, that's really not where the, 
the ire should be. And I, and I'm so appalled. I'm getting emails from Nancy Pelosi. God knows how she got my email address, probably sold from Bernie's, uh, <clears throat> Bernie's campaign list. And, uh, and, and they're asking for money and I keep replying and I'm just like, Oh, oh my God, no, I'm not giving you a, a single dime when you went and, and fundraised and supported for Qua- Henry Quaylar, the last anti-choice Democrat in Congress over oh, Justice Cisneros, right? He's the laughing stock of the Democratic Party right now. She really has some nerve. Like, I'm I just, so angry. Like beyond. Yeah. There just no there are no words. And and I really I want to just put this out there for people listening for because I you know people listen from all over. Um you can find me at at, at um I'm at Golden Clipboard uh, on on Twitter, same as my handle here. And you can reach out to me privately if you need a safe place. I have a guest room. I have a, a friendly and rambunctious dog, if you like dogs. And you have a place if you need need to come and and get an abortion. And I know that that's no small thing. You know, it's it's not it's it's expensive and whatnot. And I can will help however I can. Um, but I just want people to know I'm putting that out there that there is a place for you. Um, and I know lots of people who feel the same way, people in my community and across the country. Um, but I just, you know, Sabi, like I, 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 like, I don't want to live in this country anymore. Like that's how angry and disgusted I am, but I also want to fight. I want to stay and fight. So I'm, I'm of sort of two, <clears throat> two minds. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally hear you. I was actually telling CJ this earlier today because I was livid. Like I knew this was coming, but I was so livid. The more I watched like the speeches on TV, it just made me more angry. Let, listening to Nancy Pelosi, listening to Joe Biden. Yeah. And I told CJ uh, earlier today, I said, I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe as a woman in this country. I really yeah. don't. I don't feel safe as African-American. I don't feel safe yeah. as a woman in this country. I feel like the fact that they can just come in and just overturn something like this and just say, well, to hell with you and your situation or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. it really makes me feel some kind of way. And I, I told my husband, I was just like, the Democrats using this as like mm-hmm. some type of leverage, holding it over our heads so that we can yeah. vote for them shame on them it's so disgusting it's like how how dare they it's it's but but we knew right we knew it was going to happen and i'm not giving a dime you know like i i found what is i think it's abortion funds with an s.org and it's redirecting right now to um an act blue i mean i'm kind of annoyed that they're going through act blue because that is you know the sort of democratic fundraising platform it doesn't matter. It's like, that's where I'm giving my money or to, you know, plan. I'm a, I'm a member of Planned Parenthood, uh, or, you know, a do- regular donor or whatever. And like, <laughs> I don't know what else to do. I don't because, you know, the people who can afford to, to move out of places, you know, states like Texas or Alabama, wherever it's, it's now, completely illegal to to get an abortion like they're gonna be fine you know they're gonna be able to either travel other states or move out of state but it's the you know the poor women particularly women of color 
who are going to be disproportionately negatively impacted by this. And then it's like they have fewer rights than a corporation or a gun. And you see, you know, it's, oh, the society's okay with, with uh, mass murder of, of innocent children, yet they take issue with a woman deciding what to do with her own body when there's like a clump of cells. I mean, it's, it, I just can't, I just can't even. And more power to you for listening to the speeches today because I sure as hell couldn't do it. So, um, anyway, I just wanted to share that very personal story about my dad and, um, and about just what that meant to me, you know, how that really impacted my life because it was really from the youngest age. It wasn't, I didn't think there was anything like different. I just was like, oh, okay, this is what people do. Like, it was just the most normal thing to me. And, and I'm, you know, I don't think I realized how proud of him I was until, until I got, you know, older and, and saw how screwed up society was over this. Yeah, no, I, to- I totally hear you. Thanks so much for calling in. Uh, Thank Betsy you, Savvy. And sharing your doing what you do. Thanks so much. Um, so I want to go ahead and bring in the next caller. And that is, Eric, so you're on the mic. You just have to unmute. Oh, what a day, right? Holy hell. Um, Crazy thing to wake up to this morning. Yeah. And I don't I don't think everybody was on the stream here. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. But in case, in case those who went on the stream, um, I'll just repeat my comment before. And... Just be like, look, as men, we have no right to tell you all as women what to do with your bodies. Period. End of story. I don't give a damn. This is real as it is. Also, um, I I thought about this during your during the stream and um, and while Ashura was talking. Does anybody remember the abortion provider Bill O'Reilly got killed? Name was Dr. Tiller. I don't remember. You'll have to remind me. Yeah, because he kept, like, he was, like, back when Bill O'Reilly had his show, he kept calling the dude Tiller the baby killer. Tiller the baby killer. Then somebody actually went out and killed the dude. Yeah, he was an abortion provider. It was one. He was one of the. Yeah. Did people go after him the way they they're going after Tucker Carlson? Um. Yeah, I think some people did at the time. Yeah, but that that made me think about that. But also, like just in general, with everything else going on, it's like, what the fuck are we doing as a society? Especially with the Capitol Police over here looking like they're trying out to be clones for the next Star Wars movie or some shit. We, we are an insane society. I know. No, we, I hear We can't even... 
twenty billion to 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 fix to end homelessness, and we send money to Ukraine, and we do all this extracurricular shit. I know. I don't even know what to say. It's just it's it's embarrassing. I talked to my dad about it today, and my dad was just like, "I tried to tell him this was coming." Yeah, just just saying, like, just reminding reminding all the men, like, we need to be in something. We definitely need to be in solidarity with women on this, bro. Like, do we understand everything? Hell no. We can never understand. But, hey, we are there. We are there to support. If, if, as much as much as it means to anybody. Thanks so much for that, Eric. I really appreciate that. No problem. I'll 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 get off, Savvy. Thanks so much for calling in. Um, I really appreciate yep. hearing from from guys like from Eric. I really appreciate that, uh, Brady. I just made you the next caller. You're now on the mic. Hey, Savvy, I appreciate you doing this. Let me be quick. I have a friend here, and she doesn't want to speak, so I'm just going to bring up a couple points that she brought up to me that are really good. Uh, here in San Antonio, the San Antonio DA uh, said that he's not going to be prosecuting um, any of these abortion cases, at least here in San Antonio. And Dick's Sporting Goods is going to reimburse up to $4,000 to anyone who needs to go out of state for an abortion. This is just two interesting things. And I think this is going to lead to a Dallas Buyers Club situation where people are looking for contraception through one of those type situations. And my friend also brought up another really good point um, that this is going to lead to more domestic abuse and rape um, murders and rape cases, because instead of just getting rid of the problem and the evidence with an abortion in a clinic down the street, they now have to fly someone out of state. And that could lead a man to deciding to just kill the pregnant girl instead of dealing with the consequences of an unplanned pregnancy. And so we're drinking to vasectomies tonight. Oh, wow. You just brought up some uh, really good points that I never thought about, but that makes sense. In fact, there was a movie one time I saw, it was a, a true story um, about a teenage couple that actually ended up in that situation. I think this happened in Texas, actually, now that I remember. Um, and that's that's what ended up happening. The the boyfriend uh, killed the girlfriend because she got pregnant and they were in a deeply religious home and he didn't want his family to find out. Oh, wait a minute. No, it was North Carolina. That's where this happened. He didn't want his family to find out that he got his girlfriend pregnant and he killed her. And she didn't want to, he wanted her, I think he wanted her to try to get an abortion and she didn't want to do it. And he killed her. Well, I'll say that one thing we've been, I've been able to accomplish today is coming to realize that the semantics of the argument around abortion are really important to establish first. Like before we even have a conversation with the other side, both sides need to agree on the language of the conversation and have that understanding going into it. So we avoid a semantic K-hole and end up just arguing about the meaning of words the whole time. We need to kind of establish that first. And uh, establishing those definitions, as painful as it is, um, is actually one of the quickest ways to beat them in a debate. 
and really save us a lot of time so we can get past debate and um, move forward towards solutions. Which one I discovered today is that uh, conservatives are willing to prosecute men first to charge men instead of women in these cases. So if there's an unplanned pregnancy, the man gets charged instead. And my proposition was maybe we do something like super child support where he like really has to pay his child support, you know, in these cases. But uh, conservatives are willing to bridge that gap with us and at least take some of the heat off the women and the doctors and put some of that heat on the males who are responsible in the first place and said, even though it's not entirely fair um, to the males, this, I mean, let's be real. This whole entire situation isn't fair from, from the get go. So not, you know, not sw- don't worry on behalf of males. Don't worry about us. Um, we are happy to take the bullet in that situation. I think of an unplanned pregnancy. I think uh, I personally would be happy to take full responsibility for any child I bring into this world unless it's like a sperm donation type thing <laughs> where like we got a contract for something else. But yeah, uh, if I were to bring a child into the world on accident, I would have no problem whatsoever taking full responsibility for anything that child needs first before anything um, comes my way. All right. Thank you so much for calling in Brady. I appreciate that. I'm going to go ahead and go to uh, Dane. So Dane, you are now the next caller. You just have to hit on mute. Hi, Sammy. Thank you for taking my call, and uh, thank you for putting on the episode this evening. I know it's uh, beneficial to a lot of people who are, who are working through a lot of uh, different emotions at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, it strikes me, it, the more I think about the day, I look at the news, you know, hear people's comments and see what they're going through and what I'm internally going through as well. You know, it feels very much, it remind, at least, it, not exactly, but it reminds me very much of, election night on 2016 when everybody was sure that like like you know hillary was going to win but then trump won i mean people were kind of anticipating the outcome already for for in this instance but it doesn't make it easier to live through it you know it, it, it has the flavor of a certain um belief about the nature of the country you know immutable progress being completely put to bed being exposed as a lie you know finally and, and like the the inability to uh uh go back to you know some of the more comforting uh, uh stories one tells themselves about you know the way progress is built and, and can't be rescinded uh as you go along it, it also you know I don't know if you saw the, uh, the, the, the Dune adaptation by Denny Villehue that came out recently. Um, they, um, they, uh, they, they split the first book into two parts to make it a movie just because it was too voluminous. Like, like, it's so, so, like, the, the three hour movie that was released already is like, um, the first half of the book and then they're going to release the second half as another three hour movie and, I forgot, maybe a year and a half, two years, something like that. In any event, this kind of feels like the second half of the book with regard to, like, Trump's election. It feels kind of like the end of a certain notion of consensus liberalism, like consensus liberalism, certainly in the wake of the the, the Cold War um, dynamic. Like, like the, the American society has been oriented around the idea that you know, you, you act as like an individual, as an individual actor, you acquire skill sets, you know, education, do things to make yourself market viable. That's why when people 
bring up, you know, the notions of, oh, you know, a forced birth regime with no child care, you know, no universal health care, no, no uh, funding associated with, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, neonatal care, things of that nature, the, the associated costs of having, having and rearing a child. You know, it's because the, the idea of the ideology in this country is such that you're supposed to, through, through skill acquisition, make yourself um, uh, a viable market actor and accumulate uh, profit and, and personal wealth based upon merit. That is rendered impossible in an environment of forced birth. You cannot, you know, no matter how many skill sets you acquire, no matter how, what education you obtain, like put yourself in a position to thrive in an environment where you can be forcibly raped and impregnated and then forced to bring a child to term that you cannot afford against your will. And And I think a lot of what people are going through is the recognition of the lie of that ideology and functionally what, how much it was nothing more than public relations and how we're kind of treading back to a much more, uh, uh, brutish and, and, uh, and, uh, uh, thuggish, uh, mode and, and, uh, associated associations of society in the wake of, you know, a lot of a lot of those uh, 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 more professionalized notions of the post Cold War era being being stripped away. Yeah, are are you talking about? There was um one that I saw. It was a miniseries one time called "If These Walls Could Talk." Have you seen that one? Unfortunately, I have not. That one's uh, really good for people. I mean, if you can stomach it, because it can be rather. Uh, there there are some graphic parts. But if you can stomach it, that's a really good one to watch because it talks about abortion in three different decades. Uh, one when it was illegal and then I think one when it was just becoming legal and what women went through to try to get them to happen. And it focused more so on women who were, I guess, so much who really couldn't afford to get them, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, and yeah, I, I haven't seen it, but yeah, I I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. You you kinda cut off there for me a bit. Oh yeah, so I was saying like if you haven't had a chance to see that, I definitely recommend watching it. Um but like I said, it if you can stomach it because it can be kind of graphic. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I I would hope that you know, I would hope that you know given given the circumstances I, I could expose myself to material that might be you know appropriately appropriate to meeting the moment. But yeah, I, I mean it, it it certainly feels like a, a certain kind of epoch or regime is coming to an end where the notion of um women women as uh being market actors and and being able to generate profit at par- at the parity of men was going to uh lead to uh to women's liberation you know and and if if you're in an environment where something like you know a forced pregnancy can be put upon you that not having autonomy over your own body is a huge impediment. And in many cases, it's just going to make that kind of environment impossible to navigate. So I know you have a lot of other callers coming behind you here, but it just at one final point I wanted to get off my chest was um, the, uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, the thumping that Democrats are going to uh, uh, take in November. You know, I'm expecting probably a wave unlike anything that we've observed in my lifetime anyway, but um 
I'm very much in the wake of today and all that's transpired, honestly, with the, the release of these, uh, this Gatlin gun of court decisions. I'm very much, uh, looking forward to seeing the usual suspects, uh, blame defund the police for their foibles and follies to come. That's honestly going to make me, um, um, a bit, uh, uh, teeth grindy and, and a bit, uh, 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 how should I say, um, um, schadenfreude uh, uh, to, to witness the fallout. But in any event, I'll let you attend to the other callers. Thank you for taking my call, Savvy. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, Savannah, I'm bringing you in. I'm making you the next caller. You just have to hit unmute. Hello. Hey. Um, so, so I guess like I have a, a lot of, a lot of feelings about everything right now. My first is that I'm kind of just mad because I feel like a lot of the people I've talked to, like they're, they're, I feel like their mind is still like not in the right place. They're still saying shit like all the Republicans, they're coming after us and shit like that. And I'm like, it's not them. It's not just them. Like the Democrats are so complicit in this. And they say shit like, well, we, t- we warned you. Like I keep seeing on my, t- on my fucking timeline, I keep seeing what well, we warned you in 2016. And I'm like, are we not realizing that this is happening during a democratic um, presidency right now? And, and not just that, but, um, you know, cause they're like, well, Trump, he appointed these conservative um, Supreme court justices. It was conservative Supreme court justices that, de- that decided on Roe v. Wade in the first place. It has nothing to do with that. This is all strategic. This is all a fucking plan. And but instead of people being worried about that, they're 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 still like acting like the Democrats are were ever gonna do anything in the first place. I'm just gonna tell you, Savannah, most people that I I've spoken to offline, most people I talk to in person have no idea how politics actually works. I'm just gonna be honest with you. And I was right. gonna- too, you know, I thought if I vote in the right Democrat, then, you know, something's going to change. And once you start to see like how the money works, that's why I always tell people, follow the money. Once you see how the money works, then you understand why they're not doing anything for the American people. The problem is, is that I honestly think some of the people that I've spoken to, I think they're starting to see it, but I think they don't want to admit it. I'm just going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I some of them just feel some kind of way to the point where they're like, well, damn, you know, I don't want to not have any type of truth to this narrative that I've been told and I've been listening to all of the years that I could possibly vote. I don't want to believe that, wait a minute, maybe it's possible that both of these parties are screwing us over. Because there's some people, especially like when I live down south, there are some people that like they just they they are proud Republican, true and through. And if they don't have their party, and same thing for Democrats, if they don't have their party, then it's like what do they have? 
And that's really sad, but there are some people that are like that. They want to belong to a political party. So they want to believe in something. And they feel like if it is true that neither one of these parties are trying to help us, then all of a sudden they lose all hope and they feel like, what's the purpose? Right. Right. And and this is what, and, and this brings up another thing for me too, because I think that, I think it's right that hopelessness is I, I honestly think that they're getting a taste of what it feels like I feel I feel like to walk in my shoes because you know like you know people are always like you know the civil rights movement blah 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 anyone that's having any kind of revolutionary thought already knows that the revolutionaries were either killed or put in jail during that time. And, you know, because of that, that's why we lost, you know, lost those movements and stuff. And, you know, with, with our civil rights, like in, in quotation marks, you know, though, that's something that's still voted on. Right. And, and it, and it brings to mind to me, like when these people are like so like gong ho for this stuff and are like so gong ho for you know like for pro choice but like they never draw the line like on on black issues like i just like like for me like i feel like yes like this is a battle i've been fighting thanks for coming in because my line was already black people it wasn't just lgbtq it wasn't just women it wasn't just this it wasn't just that like do you know what i mean i do i totally understand and that was my point too i was making earlier today when i was talking to cj it's just like i don't feel safe in this country right i I would feel that way but i just i don't feel safe here i don't feel safe as a woman i don't feel safe as african-american i just feel like america this is such a brutal country i feel like it doesn't really care about the people at all and it's just like this country has been plagued by the disease of colonialism and i feel like we've never really left that mindset and so this is why a lot of times josana you'll hear her tell people you have to decolonize your mind and i think her experience living in a country where most of the people look like her Mm-hmm. She can't understand it. Like coming here to America, she's like, "What the fuck is wrong with the people here?" And and I get it. Because, right. Like, you, it's it. Look, all the people that are out in the streets right now protesting. I love this. Kudos. But my thing is, why do we have to wait until they take something away from us before exactly. we exactly? exactly let's get out there and prevent it why are we letting them just take more it's it's a shame it's a shame like i'd rather i wish we had hundreds and thousands of people in the streets to protest against canceling student loan debt to protest about medicare for all it just seems like to me they have to take something away from us for most people to even give a damn right right and i just want to end with this savvy and as a black woman, I also just feel like, right, I'm already like high risk to fucking die during childbirth or carrying a child. And now you're telling me that my symptoms and my health is going to be ignored even more. And and I live in PA. So like right now, like PA is pretty much like a red state and it's going to be even more red for sure this coming November. So it's like. 
yeah, that's just, yeah, I just wanted to end with that. <laughs> no, I totally understand. Totally. Thanks so much for calling in, Savannah. I'm going to go Absolutely. ahead bring in Oz here. All right, Oz, you are on the mic. Can you hear me okay this time? I can. Like, I just, I, honestly, I just put gas in my car because, yeah, I took you guys to the gas station with me. Sorry. But I had to oh. get this. I had to get this because um, I was like on E. No, <laughs> that, that's fine. That's fine. You can pass gas while we're talking. <laughs> $10 barely moved the freaking needle. No, I got four gallons of diesel yesterday and it was 30 bucks. Are you kidding me now? You know, it's it's impossible. Savvy, great show today. You uh, you lit up my Friday for me. And uh, I know a lot of people feel the same way. And that's why you had such great numbers today, too, I believe, because you were speaking truth to power. The Hedges piece was fantastic. But my point in calling is, is are we going to let the Democrats pull the same shit again and basically extort us? into voting for them on the promise of codifying Roe versus Wade? I don't think so. I mean, fool me once. This is fool me a hundred times. We need to burn the Democratic Party to the ground so bad in the next two cycles that it scares the living hell out of the Republicans. We need to do the research. We have a network. Our, 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 you know, social media network is big enough to where we can add to the thousands of people out there to go after each one of these shit libs and hold them to the fire before we elect them and call out their extortion, which I think is blackmail in this case. It's horrendous what's happened. And they still are living in the 60s. They're saying, well, who are they going to vote for? They can't vote for the Republicans, so they have to vote for us or else. It's all a big con job. It has been. And we've got to stop being wimps and we've got to start standing up to power. We have got to walk the walk, the talk that we have been bringing ever since when. Sister Shanda and I have been saying since Joe Biden was installed as the next moron in the White House that the Democrats are going to get slaughtered. I want to see him get slaughtered so bad that it makes their eyes blink. And that's the only way you're going to get to these guys, because protests, as much as we need those two, are like thrown into file 13. They don't care anymore. They had the Imperial Guard running it across. You showed it on your show today. They have been militarizing security around this country for the biggest coup on the public, on the working poor that I've seen in my lifetime. We have got to stand up now. Because we are running out of time, not only by the climate, climate, but with all this poison they're shooting in the air and in our bodies, all the water that they're letting evaporate to nowhere, the, the glaciers are melting. We don't have time to mess around with this political expediency. And these phony pieces of crap that call themselves representatives need to be held to task. That's my soapbox for tonight. I want to hear what you think about that. Thank you so much for saying that, Oz. No, I agree with you 100%. Like, this is, I, I'm so flustered. Like, I don't know what else it's going to take to, like, wake people up. I really don't. And it's like, people, you, you got to see what's happening here. I shouldn't be able to, like, turn on the TV and freaking see what looks like Star Wars outside of the Supreme Court. 
Why are the police dressed like the fucking empire? Like this is, they're militarized and it's, it's awful. It's awful. I don't know what brought in and I, I pulled, um, Z- uh, Zineb in here as a speaker. Um, I don't know what pulled in the number of people tonight. I don't know where all those people, I don't know how all you guys found me tonight. Cause like, I was like, someone said in the chat, there's over a thousand people watching and something like that would only happen if I had like, if I had Jimmy on other than that, I don't know what it is, but people found me somehow, but um, you stand alone on yourself. Savvy. You, you have made the grade. You are going nowhere, but straight up, you stay on speaking truth to power and you are going to become more than what you think you are. We need people that can speak and articulate the facts and the truth that bring out what's going on. So maybe those who are so not inclined to educate themselves will, once we get people like you and, sis- and Brother Franco and Harvard's Media and Sister Fee and Brother P and everybody in independent media, the INN News Network, we need to form the biggest coalition that scares the living daylights out of these politicians that have been screwing us for the last four decades unabashedly. Anyway, I'm going to let you uh, go ahead. Thank you for letting me rant here. I always love your stuff. Keep up the good work, girl. You are awesome. Thank you so much, Oz. Uh, Zainab, I want to bring you in. I made you a speaker. I want to get your thoughts on this, too. Hey, Sabby. Um, man, I'm like you. I saw this. I saw this coming. You know, I've been watching this since when Obama wouldn't seat those seat the court judges, you know, and then because uh, Hillary, he thought Hillary was going to win. And I was like, oh, great. Um, whoever is the next president's going to be sitting all these judges and it's either going to be Hillary or Trump. And that sucks. And then, you know, the, the thing is, is the conservatives have been playing this long game and the Democrats have let them like they're both complacent in this nonsense. And uh, they're letting them because they know that the pendulum swings every election cycle from one way to the next. And they got to have some talking point to you know get them elected i've already gotten like six text and like 10 emails you guys probably have to because i bet a bunch of you were on bernie's list or somebody's list um that were fundraising they already had these written they were already in the bank and i'm so angry because you know this isn't my friend thomas was telling me the other day this isn't the only thing that the supreme court has done in the last few weeks i mean they have really been chipping away at our rights on the border they've been um, chipping away at um the separation of church and state um this is this is the icing on the cake you know because it caught everyone's attention but abortions were always expensive in a lot of these states when i became pregnant it was eighteen hundred dollars and i have a a at life-threatening blood disorder. I had to have 12 blood transfusions while I was pregnant. And uh, it was, a, it was a very high risk pregnancy. And I didn't have that alternative because I was priced out of it because I was poor as shit. I was a bartender, you know? Um, and uh, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. So now, you know, now I'm a single mom, uh, baby daddy ain't paid nothing. I know somebody was talking about baby daddies earlier, <laughs> but um, it's, domestic violence situations. I've had so many women that I've helped in the last 20 years doing that, that have stayed in relationships because of pregnancies or had forced pregnancies because their birth control was tampered with. That happens. That's actually really common. 
Um, and it's just, it's, it's like a pylon for poor people. It's a pylon. And I don't know, maybe we, this is going to sound crazy, but maybe we weren't having enough kids to support the bourgeoisie. So now they're forcing us to have more babies, whatever it is. Um, they're taking away our civil liberties. Um, they're taking them away bit by bit. And this is just another piece to the puzzle. And you got a bunch of angry white liberal women out there that are now, looking at something, talking about something, telling us vote harder, vote harder for what, you know, what's voting going to do for us unless it's, it's local elections because it's state houses that are passing this garbage. Kentucky just passed. Kentucky's one of the few States that made it illegal immediately because they had a trigger law. And um, I'm in Kentucky and in Kentucky, you can't even get the morning after pill now. So to me, it's it's insane. I'm glad that people are watching. But, you know, we've seen a lot of us have seen this coming a mile away. So they got rid of the morning after pill in Kentucky. Oh, my God. You can't even do that. And there's no provisions in this for like incest or rape or, you know, people always use that as masking it. Well, even, you know, even Manchin came out and was like, I support these things um which it should be a right regardless but as rape's already hard to prove domestic violence is already hard to prove um so yep. even in states where that provision's going to be there you know it's hard for people to prove that anyway that's so true thank you so much for saying that um i'm going to go ahead and bring in rob i'm making you the next caller you just have to hit unmute hi sabi can you hear me I can. Uh, it's quite a day, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Oh, not the thing I wanted to wake up to this morning. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing I, I want to get across is we can't let Hillary supporters, you know, blame, blame the left for, you know, her running a shitty campaign. We, we, we can't let them gaslight us and put the blame on us for you know basically everything whether it's Roe v. Wade or the decisions yesterday it's uh yeah well I've seen a couple of people on social media today saying see it's all you guys' fault because if we would have gotten Hillary da 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 and then I saw one person come back and say who was a Bernie supporter and saying see this is exactly why we didn't get Hillary and I'm like dude what the fuck are were you for Bernie or were you for Hillary are you an op like I really think some of these yeah. people on, on with these Twitter accounts I think some of these people are ops I really do yeah yeah it's uh, it's it, it's crazy like it's, it's like they never got over 2016. And they're, you know, projecting their, their anger on, onto us when, when they really shouldn't. Right. I mean, and I, I talked to my mother-in-law about this earlier today and she was just telling me, she said, she can't believe this is happening again. She said, I can't believe I have to experience this again. She's like, you have to remember, considering, you know, my age, she said that she was like, I remember women trying to find ways to have abortion because it was illegal at the time. And she said, I just can't believe that we will be back here during my lifetime. She said, I can't believe it's like we're going backwards. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
Definitely so. And it's it's not just the Roe v. Wade that, I, that I'm worried about. It's what's going to come after. Because I, I, I think I, I read uh, Justice Thomas uh, writing that uh, they're going to be looking at next uh, gay marriage. Um, yep. The right, the, the contraceptives. Yeah. And, and, and possibly even even gay sex itself. Yeah. Well, I don't know He's about that third one, but certainly the first two. He's serious, too. I want people to know that. Like, that's not him just shooting the breeze. Like, yeah. he's serious. He's one to talk because at the same time, I'm looking at Clarence Thomas, who, again, like I said, I don't think he should be sitting on the Supreme Court at all. I don't think someone who was sexually harassing their employee should be on the Supreme Court. And that's that's my take on on that. But at the same time, at the same time, Clarence Thomas, like me, we're in interracial marriages. So why would here he is saying, oh, let's look at gay marriage next. Bro, do you not realize that you're in an interracial marriage? What if people come for you next? But see, he's protected because he's on the Supreme Court. It's really fucked up. Like this, this whole system, this country for, for years, it's been ran by a lot of old people in DC who don't want any kind of change or progress. I think we need to have term limits on the Supreme Court. I think we need to have term limits in Congress and in the Senate. I don't think people like Dianne Feinstein should just be able to keep getting reelected. I don't think Nancy Pelosi should just keep getting reelected. And she hasn't debated anyone since the 80s. I don't feel that that's fair. Uh, case study. I see you up there. Want to bring you in. Hey, what's up, everybody? <clears throat> Much love to you. Uh, Savvy Sabs. Yeah, this is a disheartening um, day. And it just shows the regressiveness that's that's just going on under the duopoly, under the, this two-party system where... Um, yeah, the, the Democrats, uh, like you showed on your show today, I was watching um, for Modi that awesome video of just showing Obama 2007 as he's campaigning. Um, and then afterwards, he's he, in 2007, he said that he would the first thing he would do and prioritize is codifying Roe v. Wade. And then in 2009 or when he gets elected, he's like, oh, that's not my top priority. And I think that needs to just be on replay for all those type of um democrats that are blaming bernie that are just um deflecting all their blame on in the wrong directions yeah we need to expose like these democrats that are just there using this position the roe v wade as a cudgel to get themselves re-elected and the last thing i'll say before i um I'll let somebody else talk i was talking to a loved one who is Kind of, I don't know if she's on the fence or not, but, you know, a Christian and they're like um, not exactly ecstatic, but they're kind of rationalizing to me why um, they're OK with what's going on. And I, I said, hey, look, at, listen, as a man myself, I will never die from giving birth. You as, as somebody who that person um, who would never get an abortion, you will never die um, as far as not, not that you would never die. But that's your, their, your decision as a female, whether or not you want to put yourself in that position when you're giving childbirth, whether you want to die or not. 
So I, I rather that's how I, I make it super plain for people who are in. I'm a Christian myself who's in um, religion or or who is pro-life and saying it's murder. I say, hey, it has to be the decision of the woman because they're the only person that's putting themselves at risk, whether they would die or not. Especially if you're a black woman in this country, with we know how they treat um, black women and don't listen to their uh, issues drawn when they're in the hospital, et cetera, et cetera. Look at Serena Williams. So, um, yeah, this is a disheartening time, and thanks for um, bringing me on, Sabbath. Thanks, Case. And I want to add to in reference to Serena Williams because I heard about her story, and you know, Serena Williams was fortunate enough that she had the type of health insurance and the money for her to go get a second opinion when her doctor didn't listen to the pain that she was having during her pregnancy. But then I think about the women who don't have that. <laughs> and that's, that's the thing. If Serena Williams was living in poverty, she may have died. And this is what I want people to understand. Like if you don't have the, you don't have the economic means and you don't have the health insurance to get a second opinion, some people can't because you may only be able to see the doctor that's in your network that your provider says that you can see. And so Serena Williams, Beyonce, we heard tonight on my stream, Tatiana Ali, apparently she had medical issues that wasn't being looked into as well. I, it just, and they're all wealthy. So just imagine how it is for someone that's poor. It's just a shame. Uh, Rob, did you want to add anything else? Uh, just the, uh... Just one note of, of levity. This is a meme that I saw on Reddit. I refuse to permit men access to my body without proof of vasectomy until my bodily autonomy is codified. That was on Reddit? Yeah. Yeah, in a group called uh, Late Stage Capitalism. Wow. Interesting. I haven't been on Reddit in like a long time. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those people that like, I never really got the Reddit oh. format. <laughs> I never really got it down. Um, but I haven't been on there in a while. But wow, that's interesting. That's interesting. Okay, I want to go ahead. Thank you so okay. much for calling in, Rob. I want to bring in um, Sebastian. All right. Thank you. You have a good night. You too. Sebastian, you're on the mic. You just have to hit the unmute button. me? I hear you. Yay. And I have a lot of thoughts to say about this. Um, as a black queer person that grew up in a religious household, um, I just have a lot of things to say. <laughs> like, um, especially since you're talking about like women, I think it's also important to underscore the import the underscore the aspect of of queer women into this because not a lot of decision is not a lot of, like people are mentioning about queer women in this even though I am a queer male or I'm a queer cisgender male um a lot like I remember as a social work student I'm studying for social work um I remember hearing a story of this poor young queer woman who was subjected to coercive rape and what people don't know about coerced rape is, that is when in order to quote unquote change her sexuality, they were oftentimes inflict sexual violence by forcing this poor woman, this young woman to have sex with a man. And this 
unfortunately happens in this country and it happens a lot to a point that like women are forced to carry the child to term and I just don't want to live into a world like that and it's very scary because I don't know like <laughs> I think I'm Gen Z I think and because I was, because I'm born in 2001 so I think that makes me Gen Z right I don't know <laughs> I'm so bad generations but it makes me very angry that within my 21 years of lifespan, so much shit has happened from from a recession to now just vice being pulled away. And it just makes me angry now there's a possibility of same-sex marriage being overruled and not just like, how long has same-sex marriage been around the United States? Like what, eight, six to eight years? And that makes me angry because I have yet to like, it makes me very angry because so many people, so many queer and trans people just don't have the luxury to even just be affectionate in public without it being seen, deemed as some form of, like, <sighs> I don't, it's just, I'm sorry. I'm trying to fight back these tears because I'm very angry and I'm very exhausted because I... Like, yeah. for me, like, I am a social work student. I'm studying to become a social worker. And I just hate how there's no system in place to actually help children, to actually help women. There's no incentives in place to actually create, to actually foster some form of family, create, to foster people to have families. You know what I mean? It's so expensive to have children. And it's so expensive to like be a mother. There's no paid sick leave. There's no paid family leave. And what's really frustrating is that a lot of people are now sewing pussy hats. And so yep. like, like this is like 2016 all over again. But in this case, like, is this happening under a democratic leadership? And Joe Biden himself voted to confirm Clarence Thomas into yep. the Supreme Court. And what makes it even more hilarious is that people are saying, you guys should vote for Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton had an anti-choice running mate. People forget about that. Bingo. Like, Tim Kaine is anti-choice. And and it's just I just, I don't even know what to say other than I'm angry, I'm pissed off, and I find it hilarious how Clarence Thomas wants to, like, wants to overturn the access access to contraception and same-sex marriage, yet not interracial marriage, because he himself is in an interracial relationship. I'm not shitting on people who are in interracial relationships. I don't. I wish she happiness was hypocritical to attack issues that don't affect you. Exactly. Because he know he'll still be protected because he's on the Supreme Court, which again, I would argue maybe there should be some type of petition put in place to take him off the Supreme Court. Like, really, I just, you know, if you know, I know they put Anita Hill through the ringer and I tried to get in touch with Anita Hill because she teaches here at Brandeis University here in Massachusetts. I tried to get in touch with her to get her to come on. But again, like I said, I don't know. If she's what she's allowed to talk about anymore, I don't know if she has a gag order or what. I don't know what they have on her, 
because I know she came out and said that she was okay with Ob- with Joe Biden, that she forgave Joe Biden. She was okay with him becoming president. So what do they have on Anita Hill? You see what I mean? Like what, exactly. what do they put over Like, that's why I just, I just know, like what happened to her? Like that shouldn't have happened to anyone. Clarence Thomas, every time I see him on TV, it disgusts me. He makes me sick to my stomach because that's someone who was in a position of power and he abused women working underneath of him. And you had Joe Biden, his savior to come and protect him and prevent the American public from hearing her witnesses. And that is so corrupt. And this is what I want people to understand that when Joe Biden said, no, you guys do not be violent. You can protest peacefully. I want people to understand that this man has inflicted violence on us for decades and he's done it through legislation. And that's even more dangerous because it's now it's in law. It's written in law. The police state that was done through legislation by Joe Biden. That is much more powerful than you walking down the street and pushing someone. You see what I mean? Yeah. And what makes me very angry is that here's the thing. I vote. Well, I supported Bernie. I voted for him during 2020 primaries because I just cannot. I just can't vote for. I just. Just see like more going for Joe Biden, but I I remember like I supported him during the 2016 one when I was 15 years old, and now I'm voting for him. I voted for him in 2020 as a 19 year old. Oh my god! <laughs> and now I'm getting emails from the DNC. Like literally this morning, I posted this morning, but sometime today I got this I got this email from Nancy Pelosi from Democrats asking me for money. I'm like, I'm a broke ass college student. I, why ask me for money? Forgive my student loans, then, then, then we'll talk. Right. They need to be giving us money. We're experiencing like inflation right now and they're asking us for money and we can barely afford to pay gas. Are they serious? It's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. And not even is that like, like what really frustrates me is the lack of accountability. Like I always thought it was like conspiracy theory, but I feel as though they're so in on Russia so much. It's kind of like this revenge fantasy from their 2016 one because like, their golden child, Hillary Clinton, lost the election, not because of her shitty policies or her shitty platform, but because, well, they need, they need some external blame for the election loss, so why not blame Russia, even though it was completely made up over a bunch of pizza and coffee? Yeah, and I want to remind people, too, because I think sometimes people, they may have forgotten this. If you go back to, like, Hillary's days before she got involved in, before she was in politics, Hillary Clinton was also an activist. And that's another example of someone who was an activist and then they got into politics and now she's telling us she's telling the democratic party not to pay attention to the activist demands. And also, that's why I think activists should go into politics. I think if you're an activist, I think you need to stay during the work on the outside because we saw, look at what's happened to Cori Bush. Exactly. Like also AOC too. Like I have my doubts AOC to begin with because I went to school in the greater Boston area before I transferred. I actually went to Brandeis University for a bit, and then I transferred to a school in the city. And I remember people standing AOC, and I'm like, this doesn't really add up. How is she a bartender? 
How she bring as a bartender that she got you from BU? Because I met a lot of people from BU who either graduated that went big. Like I remember, I remember because Brands University has a very big Jewish um, student population. And I remember, I don't know, but like, I was walking by and I met one guy from BU and he has a startup. And I'm like, how is AOC struggling as a bartender, even though she graduated from BU and then I, and then it just doesn't add up. So I looked up, so I looked up her history and it's like, there's a lot of things she excluded from her story that she put out in the public. Like, I did not, like, it took me deep searching to realize that AOC's father was a, a CEO of an architect firm and she herself had a startup. And yep, and I was here just, for it too. I, I wrote her biography when she ran for office and I was sitting there and she was with Shoycott, Chuck Rabardi and, and Corbin Trent. And literally she owned part of the bar. Uh, this is, I, I loved all of our candidates on the brand new Congress slate, but I was always suspicious of Alex. And this is one of the reasons why she literally owned part of the bar. She had done all this nonprofit work and they were like, we're going to market her as a bartender. And I was like, what? And this is when I started feeling a little sketch, you know, um, luckily justice Democrats and BNC sort of parted ways after that. And I, I had just always felt sketch. Now I can talk about it really openly, <laughs> but she was there and she, they, and she agreed. She's like, yeah, I think we should market me as a bartender. I think that's a great idea. And I was like, what are you though? Cause like Paula Jean literally lives, Paula Jean Swearingen literally lives in a trailer and makes minimum wage. So don't be like cosplaying poor. You know what I mean? Don't be like cosplaying activist. Now, Corey really was an activist. Corey was a hell of an activist, but AOC wasn't. She wasn't no activist and she wasn't poor. And uh, her family did have some struggling and stuff, but she was from upper middle class. So, you know, there is a difference. Like my joke. Yeah. Okay. I was going like to say really me. quickly, oh, for those who are new, for those who found me a couple months ago, um, or actually those who found me before I quit my job um, may not realize that I worked at Boston University. So when they said she graduated from BU and she was a struggling bartender, I was like, that don't add up. I was like, because I worked with the students at BU and those kids don't get bartending jobs. They go on to good companies. So I was like, something about that just didn't sound right. Exactly. And like, I remember now, Okay, I don't use social media anymore because it was it really took a negative toll on my health, on my mental health. But I remember seeing clips of AOC clapping during a protest in DC today, and I'm like, "Girl, what are you doing? You are being a fool." And oh lord, like for me, she represents what Chris Chris Hedges represents as the as a boutique left have people who love the aesthetic of leftism but not really the full brunt work of activism. Like the only like leftist politician that I actually generally admire and respect is she's from Seattle. I forgot her name, but she I do respect her that I truly truly respect her and I wish I could volunteer for a campaign, but I don't live in Seattle. I live in Connecticut. So yeah, I just, for me, I guess I only thing I could do 
is really donating for mutual aid and support direct action campaigns. But thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can't pronounce her name. Ka- Shama. Sh- Shama Shron. <laughs> Shama Shron. Yeah. The K is silent. Okay. Um, but yeah, she'll be on Sunday. So I'll be glad to talk to her and get her opinion about all this as well. Um, but thanks so much. Hey, uh, Saps, can I jump in real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so basically, uh, you guys, um, you all were talking about um, Justice Claire Thomas, Thomas, and I, I remember about, like, this is maybe like six years ago, a, a way to get rid of him. I was listening to Tom Hartman, and he, he talked about how um, his wife had a conflict of interest with um, the way, you know, Clarence Thompson would you know, rule on different cases and his wife would literally be on the board of a, of a companies that had a clear interest in, um, the way clear, the Thompson, clear, um, ah, can't remember his name. Um, justice Thompson would, uh, vote. And he was talking about impeaching him or that the Democrats should impeach him. This is back like six, seven, this is years ago not even including the latest things that happened with his wife um, with the January 6th and other things that um, she's in conflict with her husband and them working together where he's um, ruling on certain cases. Like if the Democrats were as strong as, as we would like them to be, that there was a clear way to get back a justice seat. And there still is a clear way. Now, will they do it? We all know the answer to that one. Well said, Case. All right, I'm going to take uh, one more caller here, and that's Shanarf. Shanarf, you are now on the mic. You just have to unmute. My name is Shnarf. Oh, Shnarf. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm going to make two points, and I'm going to try to make it as quickly as possible because I don't want to take up too much of your time. The first point is, and you're probably not going to like this, but there's a reason why this is happening right now, right? You have Joe Biden, his popularity is in the toilet. There's no way that he can, he has a, 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 a possible chance or any of the Democratic uh, doofballs, whatever, Buttigieg or Kamala or any of these people, they have a direct line to back into the White House. So I think maybe what you, what we're all missing is that this is kind of a charade, right? So what they'll do is they'll have this motion and then they'll swing the pendulum back and say, Hey, guess what? We gave you back what you needed, your freedom, your power to, to have control over your body, which is all kind of, for lack of a better word, a performative dance, right? I don't think that this is set in stone. I think that right now they need to motivate suburban white women and they need to build some kind of a coalition that will give them a a pathway back into power. Right. This is possibly one of them. The second thing is, is that I just really hate Clarence Thomas, but I know where, where all of this comes from. I think there's a certain personality that exists and it's not just within black Americans. It exists in South America. It exists in all of the third world. There is a person, you know, he, he, the, the best way to sum up Clarence Thomas is an educated Uncle Ruckus. You ever seen Uncle Ruckus from, uh, from the boondocks? That's all he is. <laughs> 
Yes, he does remind me of Uncle Ruckus. <laughs> he is. He, that's exactly what he is, right? And it's the self-loathing that's been in, that's been bred into us. And I hate to say this because one of your guests is going to hate me, but that really is really a, a contribution of white Jesus. That's all it is. Christianity within the hands of, of, of all third world people and enslaved people has created this kind of dichotomy that we always think the worst of ourselves, right? We start loathing ourselves and we aspire for whiteness through God. Clarence Thomas is a clear example of that. Clyburn is a perfect example of that. Almost every sellout is a perfect example of that. And if we rid Christianity out of our, our, our mind state, I think we have a, a, a better chance at liberation than if we start, you know, playing pretend. And that's my second point, And I'm done. Mm, interesting. Hey, much love to you, Shanarf. I, I don't hate anybody, even though, you know, I'm a Christian. Much love to you. Hey, point noted, man. Good, but good, don't good you part. feel like you're colonizing yourself all over again? Don't you feel like, like, all, all you're doing is just reliving the same, same nonsense for 400 years and doing uh, that. No, I don't know what you mean. Uh, exactly what you mean. I mean, I mean, okay. So let's put it this way, right? When, when, when the Europeans brought over the human cargo, they had to instill some kind of way to control them. Right. And it's, mm. and it, it didn't get any simpler than Christianity. Right. God is white. I'm white. You work. I, I sit on the porch and drink mint juleps and I collect the money and you are like, you know, no different than, than a plow or, or, or worse livestock. Now, I agree with you that Christianity can be used for evil, just like many it can, other religions. It was. It, no, it, <laughs> it, it well, in my instance, in with my personal relationship with God, is not evil. You know what I'm saying? That's my personal relationship. But I, I'm what I'm saying is that it can be used, just like many other religions can be used for evil. So I, I think it depends on the person. Yeah, personally. but other religions give you a way to fight back. Christianity says, "Turn the other cheek." I, that's yeah yeah i agree with you uh -huh. that's a, a pacifist um and there's uh what well, the quakers are also pacifists there's religions that feel that way and and me personally i also i'm not a, the same reason why my foreign policy views is really aligned with you know rbn and a lot of leftists where i do want do not want war that's how i feel about things yeah definitely i don't know so my, my i guess my final question is 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 this as bad as it looks, or is it or is it possibly just a charade so they can calcify support for the next Democratic jerk off? Right. Well, I talked about this on my show tonight that I thought that this was a card that the Democratic Party held in their back pocket for whenever they needed to pull it out, and I think that's why Obama didn't do it, didn't codify uh, Roe v. Wade's law, even though he ran on it. Uh, Nancy Pelosi said in 2017 it wasn't going to be important to the Democratic Party. And so I think they held on to this this card until it was their turn to play it. And you're right. Joe Biden's numbers are in the toilet. And so now they're going to tell they've already told people what this morning this will be on the ballot in November because they know they're going to lose. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Even with this, I still think they're going to lose in November. I think people have just had it. If they don't change people's economic situation, I think they're still going to lose. These gas prices are not coming down, you guys. 
I just took you guys to the gas station with me. I put $10 in and the needle barely moved. Go ahead, Case. I'm sorry. No, no, I agree with you totally. I mean, even with the fervor, I have people in my own family who are on the left and they look at the Democrats as absolute useless, um, no type of change even with everything that's going on. And that's why I hope that video goes viral with um, Obama talking about his views in, you know, um, Hillary Clinton picked the VP that was pro uh, life. Like it's, it's just a sham and more and more people are realizing that. And the unfortunate part is there's a lot of energy um, that is against the duopoly, but there's not a unifying um, plan. On, on what to do next, you know? So that's that's the only discouragement that, and that's going to benefit the Republicans who are going to take back power. The question is how much power, you know, they're not going to take back the White House right now in the midterms, but are they going to take back the Senate and the House? It's just a matter of how much power are they going to take back? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you want to go ahead and um, uh, finish up, Zineb? I'm going to get going because after this, I realize Rome is live on RBN, so I do want to uh, go support him as well. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say really quick, I I do think it's serious because I think that they're chipping away our civil liberties to further, further, further privatize as we're going down in late stage capitalism. And this is just one step to take away civil liberties that can then be privatized. And so I think that this is just one of many steps that the Supreme Court is making. Just nine people, nine people making for us that... um is part of the larger corporate machine where they know that we're rising up things are the shit's about to excuse my language. And I think it is, I think it is on purpose and I think it's for them to make more money in the end. It's all about money. I, I think, I think that sounds like a great movie plot. I don't think, I don't think that's, that's actually legitimately a hundred percent. What do you mean, Schnarr? What I mean by that is this, right? We we have this kind of uh, a pendulum that keeps swinging back and forth. Nothing changes, but they make minor concessions. So if they overturn Roe, right, they can then give you a minor change again, where they go right back to the status quo. I don't. There's no. There's no movement. There's no. There's no. There's nothing outside other than liberal white women really angry. Other than that, there's no movement and there's no. There's no real like uprising in this country. We're not at that point. People. The the largest block of voters in America are non-voters. For people right. that are totally apathetic to the process, you may you may be surrounded by a whole bunch of people that use the verbiage you use. But, you know, you walk out in the middle of the street and you say late stage capitalism. Nobody's going to understand you. Yeah, well, I think one thing that we have to do and, you know, some people don't like it when I say this, but who helps the Democratic Party win or better yet? Who can the Democratic Party not afford to lose in order to win. They can't afford to, to lose the black vote. And this is why I'm trying to tell people this, especially to African-Americans that are listening. You have to stop voting for them. Once they lose the African-American block of support, the Democratic Party is done. And then that opens up the pathway for people who want to do third party, want to do independent. But we got to stop just voting for them just because 
just because they tell us that they're better than the Republicans. Do they feel better than them right now? Because I, I don't feel, listen, my life economically was better before Joe Biden. It's not good right now. And it wasn't good under Obama economically either. So I'm starting to see a trend. Now, I'm not telling you to go out and vote for Republicans, but for it those good under Trump, better. for those economically, it was better than it is now. But it was it. It was good. better than it is last year. It was last year. Economically, it was better. Was it better but under Trump? Economically, it was better. You got to because you got to remember what I was coming from. We were coming from Obama. Economically, my life was terrible under Obama. I was poor under Barack Obama. I'm talking I was working two jobs and was still poor. Made enough to pay my rent and put gas in my car and get food. And that was it. So something has to change here. And I think if we continue giving them what they want, nothing is they're not going to do anything. They have to lose. And I know some people may not want to hear that, but we talked about this. Zineb, you know, we talked about it on the last uh, women's panel. We said the Democrats may have to lose. My loved one was saying the same thing, Sab, uh, that they economically we were better under Trump. And this is this loved one is on the left. And, and she was saying that the, under Trump, Trump was advocating for more. Um, we got more stimulus check money. He was advocating for more than the actual Republican Party. Remember, he, I think he was ask, asking for two thousand, and they gave sixteen hundred. So I, I I hear you on that one, Saps. I hear you. It's unfortunate. Can I can I ask a quick question to all of you? Like, what is the objective measure of the quality of life under a certain party or president? Because to be honest with you. You know, if, if we like I, I would use the velocity of money M2, which is the rate by which money exchanges hands. That's like an economic measure. And it's historically low since like 2008. It's just been low. It's in it's in it's like less than two percent. So I don't I don't I don't know what exactly you guys are talking about. That life was so great under Trump. Well, we didn't say it's life no was great. We didn't say life was great no. under Trump. I despise Donald Trump. We didn't say life was great under him. But economically, I'm speaking from my own personal, you know, financial situation. Economically, I did better under Donald Trump than I did under Obama and under Joe Biden right now. And that includes last year. Yeah, and savvy millennials have lost we lost um, child care subsidies that used to exist. We lost benefits. You can't get jobs with benefits anymore. We lost unions. Colleges used to be subsidized at 89%. Now they're subsidized at 11. So we carry that burden and we have to have degrees to get jobs. So like we can't buy houses because the credit score system has changed. They want us to get credit cards in order to make credit. That didn't used to be a thing. You used to pay your bills and that counted towards your credit to be able to buy a home. We can't buy homes because the housing market is buying it all up. Um, Every single presidency, every single turn of the house in the state houses, they're just giving more and more and more money to corporations. It's not just a dream. We're living it every day like the pain points, the pain points where we're suffering and we're poor and we barely got enough to eat. I've been eating ramen noodles for two weeks trying to find a job. That's what I've been feeding my daughter. So we're living it every day. And I think that's that's so different than our parents' generations. The, the Fed is about to increase the interest rates. That's going to make it a lot harder on the economy is going to pretty much put us into a recession. And then also, um, if you're a child getting food 
from the lunch. That's about to end June thirtieth. If you you're yep. getting free f- food, so literally snarf like it's just and the democrats aren't doing anything about it they're giving 40 or 53 billion dollars to ukraine and we could solve um homelessness with 10 billion probably use money to uh, continue the free food lunch program and and much more go ahead yeah and let's all keep in mind that grocery prices are higher now like i've listen what i'm paying for groceries right now is ridiculous so that's that's the other thing too and it's just I'm sorry, but this is an absolute disaster. And Zineb mentioned benefits and she's 100% right. By the time I got a job that actually gave me benefits after I graduated college, they were half-assed benefits. Meaning to the point that like, yeah, they gave me health insurance, but it didn't cover much and it didn't kick in until after 90 days. And then they gave dental insurance, but usually a lot of times, sometimes they give you dental insurance, the first cleaning is free. The first cleaning wasn't even free. Like it, you still had to pay for everything. That's what I'm saying. Like we don't get pensions. When my parents mentioned like, oh yeah, after a certain number of time, you get a pension, right? I'm like, no dad, you got to remember you're coming from the federal government. We don't get pensions. We don't get that stuff. Like people talk about 401k. A lot of us that are millennials, we can't afford to opt into 401ks at our jobs because it takes too much money out of our paycheck. And that means that that may be we can't get food or certain stuff that we need that month. So this is a problem. And, and you're right, Schnarf. It's been like this since 08. And what does that tell you? What happened in 08? Obama, you had the housing crash. Like economically, and Richard Wolf, I think, said it best. America is on its way down. Like this is. We, we this definitely idea, are. In this idea that like, I think that's part of the reason why they're focusing so much on China and fear-mongering people about China because economically China is they're they're doing fine like economically we're not how much do we even make in this country anymore we don't even like make products in the United States anymore we don't have anything we depend on China for a lot of our goods we depend on other countries for um for t- supplies and 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 things like that because we took manufacturing not us personally but they took manufacturing out of the united states that was the biggest mistake they could have ever made could you imagine growing up in this country during a time where the cars were made here when ford was still around when they had all these factory jobs things are gone and so this country is becoming a place and i talk about gentrification a lot but when you look around this country is becoming a place that's pretty much for people that are upper middle class, wealthy professionals. That is what is happening. And if you talk to people that live in rural America, they're pretty much forgotten about. We we should not have towns in this country that still don't even have broadband. That's terrible. It is terrible, but I'm, I'm going to say something and I'm going to try to do it as quickly as possible so I don't take up any more time. So what I think what happened with COVID is that they were basically inducing a massive sugar high for corporations. They were handing out money left and right. You have to understand that every t- every every year, these corporations have to funnel their, their success to, to this thing called GDP, right? 3% growth every year. How are they going to do that after the sugar high is over? The only way they could do that is by raising the prices. 
And I think Wolf actually talks about that. If you want to, if you want to see, he has a talk on YouTube about that. But all we're doing right now is just facilitating growth for that 3%. That's all it is. So, and and it happens under Obama, Trump. It doesn't matter. It's 3% growth regardless, right? The the culture. So it's not that life was any better. It's just that we had COVID and, and then they gave the money away to the corporations. They got greedy and now they want to keep continue the 3% growth. Only way to do it is to charge you two, three, four, five dollars $5 more at the pump, rob you at Burger King. Now it's like a, a number one is like 15 bucks. Yeah, but Richard Wolf, I actually played this video on my show the other day where he his recent economic update and he said it's not because of the war, it's because of the sanctions. So I, I do watch Richard Wolf a lot, but the point that I'm trying to make is I don't that- even think it's the sanctions. It's it's just greed. It's just downright greed. Companies have to show growth. They have to show growth every year. And and how they do that is either there's a couple ways, but the simplest two ways is one, you cut your you cut the workers and the other thing you do is you raise prices on consumers. Those are the two easy ways. Right. And but what we're experiencing is the, is the latter. Right. But the problem is, and I know you mentioned COVID, but the problem is this. There was no COVID in 09. There was no COVID in 2010. And economically. No, was, but there was, the, there was the bailout. The bailout was, the, was, right. was. Right, Qu- uh, quantitative it, it, easing, quantitative easing for the for the parasites of society. So Jamie Dimon can can afford to buy another five, six different houses. Right. Like that's right. all it is. But that's the point that I'm trying to make. They never help the American people. Everything they do is for corporate interests. That's the problem. And so when I tell people we should boycott Amazon, we should boycott so-and-so, when I tell people we really need a general strike, I'm telling you that's what we need. We need shit to shut down. We need to shut down the ports. And I know people have criticisms about the truckers, but they had the right idea in reference to shutting shit down. That's how they really got people's attention. But right now, voting, voting for Democrats and voting for Republicans, that's not going to help us. But thanks, thanks for calling in, Schnarf. And guys, um, Case, go ahead. Um, I know you want to yeah, say something really quick, and then I'm going to head yeah, out. Yeah, I'm going to say this last piece, and then I'm going to say my goodbyes as well. Thank you as much as as usual, Sass, for having me on and always playing um, the clips and shouting me out. I always love the fact that I can be helpful. And um, the last thing I was going to say is the the UK they uh, they were striking the railroad um, workers were striking, and they were not working. Right. They were straight up not working. That's how they do things in the UK. And it's causing a lot of disruption. It, it was in their media and it's, it's creating a big debate over there. While over here, I, I clipped recently that uh, I believe it was the Southwest Pilots Union that it, they were they had a long line of all the pilots lined up and they were um, pro like picketing. But they were not striking. I was like, man, I wish they would just say, hey, we're not going to be flying. They're like trying to um, do be polite. Where on their off days, they were lined up, dressed up in uniform, and uh, yeah, they got media, but you're not going to really hit the the global or the, the United States until you say, hey, we're preventing our labor. We're withholding our labor until you do such, such, and such. And and then all the planes, you know, right now, the, the airline companies, they're still benefiting because all the planes are packed to the gill. But if you say, hey, we're not flying, period. 
Now you're going to start a real general strike and hopefully other people will catch on and say, hey, we're just going to stop preventing our labor. But anyway, much love to the, the chat. Much love to you, Sabs and, and Zena and, and um, Schnarf. Much love to you. Also, love the conversation. Love um, coming on, calling. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you so much, Case. And Zineb, thanks so much for joining in, too, you guys. I know you thanks, guys can be a couple of time, but we just got to keep we got to keep fighting. We got to keep coming up with different strategies because this voting thing is not <laughs> it's not helping us out right now. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. And sorry I couldn't get to everyone, but please have a good weekend. And I'm going to go ahead and end the room. <laughs>